When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. My battles were mostly with masters. And so it was like every move, any move could be the killer move. It was fun to kind of prepare again, knowing, you know, she's that proper Ronin, which you never know. You might not walk away from that battle. Happy 2024, everyone, and welcome to the first Dagobah Dispatch pod of the year. And it is a good one as we have Ahsoka herself joining us. Yes, Rosario Dawson is back with us. We will talk to the titular star of the latest Star Wars streaming series to get all her thoughts on everything that went down on the first season of Ahsoka. And if that is not kicking the year off with a bang, I don't know what is. Plus, it was a busy Star Wars holiday. At least it was for me. We'll get into all that as well as we blast into 2024. I am Dalton Ross, here as always with Devin Kogan. What's going on, Devin? How were the holidays? They were good. Happy New Year. I'm excited to be back, back at the uh, back at the podcast. Um, no, I had a really nice holidays. I went home to see my family in St. Louis, uh, went up to, you know, hung out with some friends. Um, so tell me about I and I sent you and Lauren, our former co-host, um, quite many Star Wars pictures while I was home. It was very fun to unpack my, you know, all my family Christmas ornaments and we've got our little Yoda and a little R2-D2 and um, I went to a thrift store and saw like so many good Star Wars books and just sent them all to you. I, I, I hope you know that forever I will just send you and Lauren anytime I see Star Wars things related out in the world. You yeah. are going to get a text. Yeah, Devin sent me a picture with all these books and like I, I she she just was like, oh, you know, do you, do you know, just kind of like, hey, you, you have any of these or anything like that? And I gave you like a way more detailed answer than you want. I'm like, <laughs> yes, well, this one occurs in this time space and it's pretty good, not as good as this. This one is all, and like, it was like, I'm sure you're just like rolling your eyes. Um, no, it was a good collection. And my favorite thing was they were bookended by two really scary ceramic clown bookends. And I was like, I love this juxtaposition of like all these Star Wars books with these terrifying clown bookends. I did consider getting the clown bookends, but then I was like, I, I think they're probably haunted. And I don't need them in my apartment. I uh, it, uh, always fun getting getting texts from Devin Cook. Also, just like following your exploits on social media. A lot of hot tub photos. A <laughs> lot of hot tub photos. That's the kind of content you get. At the end of this podcast, when I say follow us on social media and I give our little handles, this is the type of content you get if you follow Devin Cogan. A lot of girls gone wild. Uh, a lot Absolutely of hot not. Hot tub photos. <laughs> It was me and my friends uh, in a hot tub in Big Bear because we went up to Big Bear for it was a friend's birthday um, and also the new year and it snowed while we were there. And if you've never been in a hot tub while it's snowing, it's pretty magical. Um, But now, yeah, it's it was mostly just me and my friends um, hanging out, wearing our pajamas and watching Twilight. So that's what you missed. Follow me on social media. That's the great content you'll get. That's it. That's the stuff (laughs) you're going to get. yeah, no, I, I had a, you know, nice break. Uh, kids were back home. That was fun. I had a lot of Star Wars activity actually going on, not surprising. So first off, just the other night, my daughter's going get, to get ready to leave. We have one last night. 
And I just said, all right, listen, we got to watch a Star Wars film. We haven't done that over the break. It's been a while. What do you want to watch? And she said, let's watch Revenge of the Sith. She goes, at first she, she didn't even remember the, the title. She's like, let's watch the one. Uh, what is it? Uh, you are my brother. Like, I'm like, okay, yeah, Revenge <laughs> of the Sith. Uh, and so we're about to put that in. And then all of a sudden, last second, she goes, you know, I never saw The Rise of Skywalker. And now I was oh presented God. with a really interesting dilemma, right? Like Revenge of the Sith and Rise of Skywalker. Now, I am not the Rise of Skywalker absolute hater that Devin and Lauren are. Like, Correct. Like, I, I, don't, I don't love the movie, um, but I can find things. I, I can do it in any Star Wars movie. I can do this in Phantom Menace. I can do it anyway. I can find things that I like that will keep me watching the movie. And I think that there are good things in that movie. I think the Ray Lightning scene is great, although they ruin it by keeping Chewbacca alive. I think that the, the lightsaber transfer behind her back and Kylo takes out is great. The lightsaber battle in the Death Star, I actually think is a great scene. I really like that. And then, you know- Babu Frick. And there's Baba Frick. And then, you know, okay, the, the Palpatine thing doesn't make sense. The dialogue in the movie is pretty much terrible throughout, but whatever. So- I now have to choose between a movie I think is better, Revenge of the Sith, but if I but I also have a daughter that there's a Star Wars movie out there that she has not seen, Devin, right? And that is a failure as a parent, I would say. So I was like, I think so. I think they're going to take yeah, away your parent card. I think they were. So I so I was like, all right, we're watching Rise of Skywalker, which is I think my fourth or fifth time watching it, probably. Um, but again, there's something about when you watch something that you know is not great. You don't go in with the hopes that you and I went into in the theater. And when I saw that, I'm, I'm guessing it's probably the same for you. I went to an advanced preview screening, so I didn't know anything. Like, there's nothing out there on the movie. So I had sky-high expectations, and then you're disappointed. When you go in knowing, okay, there's, this movie has issues, then you can sort of sit back and enjoy what good spots you can take from it. So that's what I did. That's yeah. That that makes total sense. So we watched Rise of Skywalker. Um, I did some Star Wars reading, which you guys know I'm always going to do. I finished The Eye of Darkness, which is a great title, but maybe not a great book. Um, it's the latest High Republic novel. It's all right. It wasn't bad, but it just moved a little too slow. That sometimes the problem with the new High Republic series is Devin's have this long sprawling plan. It almost feels like episode 14 and a 24 episode season of lost where they're just kind of, or 24 where they're just kind of biding their time a little bit, right? Like, it's just kind of like, can we move it a, a little, little quicker? Um, but that was good. I enjoyed it. But then I started reading this book, uh, which is a collection, a new collection of high Republic short stories called tales of light and life. And it's basically all the authors that are doing these high Republic books all take, and they all, you know, have a short story in there. And I'm just not really a big short story guy. Like I need, like, I feel like I need 20 to 30 pages to really get into something. And then it's over. Yeah. <laughs> it's a short story. It's like, now I got to start over again and spend 20 pages getting into a 30 page short story. And then it ends. So I don't know if you guys have read it. Be curious your take if you if you check this. They're all good in the these short stories I've read about halfway through the book, but it just feel like I can't sink my teeth into it. You know what I'm saying? Are you a short story gal? I am actually. I do, but I think 
hits and misses, right? Like I don't, so like if I occasionally sit down to read like an anthology, like a short stories anthology, you know, there's some you're like, eh, this is not for me. And then there's some where you're like, oh my God, I wish this was a full length novel. Yeah. Like this is, I'm so on into this. So, you know, hit or miss. Yeah. Well, that's kind of the thing, right? That's, I, I, to me, that's a no-win situation. If you're like, oh, this this story's not hitting, that's a loss. If you read a story you love, you're like, oh, now it's over. It's over too quick. <laughs> you know, I'm bummed out. Like, I wanted more of this. So, yeah. Anyway. so it's a bit uh, of a balance. Yeah, I'll let you know when I finish that. I'm about halfway through. But the big one, the big ticket item is, as you know, Devin, because I texted you a photo, uh, my son hands me for for christmas this giant box i'm like what the hell is this and i open it up and it's a ps5 uh and and it's the ps5 bundle that includes spider-man 2 which is rules it's so good yeah and so the last game that i played was spider-man i think was literally i haven't played a game since then and because you know for those of you that haven't listened to the pod i used to be kind of a gamer back in the day i just don't have time i don't have the time anymore and so the last games I played have been any Star Wars game and Spider-Man. Then um, then now they have Jedi Survivor comes out, but it's only on the PS5 and I'm bumming. So now my son gets me the PS5. And then, of course, the next gift comes to my daughter and it's Jedi Survivor. So I've been playing a lot of Jedi Survivor. My poor wife, I apologize <laughs> to her. And I'm like, I'm so sorry, uh, but you're not going to see me for a month. And I'm going to be playing Jedi Survivor, which is what I've been doing. How is it? It's great. Worth the worth the wait? Yeah, it's great. I mean, it's very similar uh, for you gamers out there to the last Jedi Fallen Order game. I think you'll appreciate this. When you when you play the game, and I'll spell this out a little bit for those that don't play games a lot, there's a lot, there's difficulty levels you can do it on. And there's five modes in Jedi Survivor, right? And the default mode is mode three, Jedi Knight, right? If you want to go a little more advanced, I think it's like Jedi Master. And then the one above that is, I don't know, Grandmaster, I have no idea. And then right below Jedi Knight is like Padawan. That's like if you want something really easy. Then below that is story mode, which is basically like you don't just, you just are going to walk through this game. Like, you know, it's going to kill you. You're not, (laughs) it's so easy. So I'm playing, I'm having fun, good time. And then I get to the Rancor. And I tried a few times, like, this is just, I'm never going to beat this thing. And I don't want to spend, like, I'm not at the age or stage of my life where I need to spend 30 hours beating a boss at the end of a level. I just don't have the time for it. So, you know, Devin and my job, our job is to watch things. We have a lot to watch. We have a lot, like, I've got a lot of freaking unscripted reality television I got to get <laughs> get under my belt. That's my job. So I'm like, all right, I'm, I got I to gotta level down on this. I'm going to change the level to Padawan. I still can't beat the Rancor. I like, just like this guy is maw. He doesn't. He doesn't just stomp on you. He literally picks you up and puts you in his mouth and Ugh. chops down on you. He, you watch yourself be eaten by the Rancor. <laughs> so I finally went all the way down to story mode just to get past this MF, so I could keep playing my stupid game. Uh, and that's how that goes. And then like I get to other parts of the levels where I just don't know what to do and I'm lost. And old me on these games would have like sat around for hours waiting. Now I just pull up a walkthrough. I pull up like a oh, walkthrough. Dude, right? Yeah, totally. Like the 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 fact that we have the internet at our fingertips yeah. now, like I remember on my old Super Nintendo, like on Mario, like literally I brought I bought a booklet, like a printed booklet that was like, here's how you get the secret to the secret levels in, in Mario. And now you just 
fire up Google. It's so nice. When my wife and I first started dating, she got so angry that I'd be up at three in the morning playing Tomb Raider (laughs) that she literally did what you just said. She bought me a book. Like, here's the book. This will tell you how to get, like, how to solve these stupid puzzles so you can come to bed at a decent hour and not, like, as I'm waking up. So, yeah. So, anyway, I'm having a blast. I'm terrible at it. That's why I don't play, like, the on, like... I had Battlefront. I think I tried once yeah. to play online and I just got murdered every two seconds I played. So I was like, I'm just- I, I've played Battlefront too. I grew up playing like the OG Battlefront yeah. and um, with my brother and like, dude, the new one, I'm just like, I have a great time when it's just me offline. Yeah. But anytime I join online, I'm like, I, this is not for me. I like, I like to be by myself when I play my video games. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I'll play that, that single player experience. That's all I need. So anyway, it's been a blast having, having a lot of fun doing it. And, you know, oh, I, good. but you know, it'll take me probably way too long to get through this and way too long to get through Spider-Man. So I'll see my wife in 2025. That's fine. Well, you got to play Spider-Man and you got to go find the EW office because it's there. Oh, in Spider-Man 2? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. Very so cool. I took a bunch of uh, selfies and texted them to our colleague, Nick Romano. And I was like, look, it's me outside of the New York EW office. <laughs> so it's I, I love that game. Sometimes when I miss New York, I just fire it up and swing around and be like, there's my old apartment. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Uh, anyway. All right. So it's been it's been a Star Wars 2024 already. Uh, let's do some just real quick housekeeping before we uh, tell you about the big interview we got today and get you to the interview. Uh, always encourage you guys to reach out to us. We love to be in touch with you, know what you got going on. If you have any questions or you want to get our take on anything or just talk Star Wars, we got a voicemail line and you can call it. It's 657-799-1566. That's 657-799-1566. You can leave us your thoughts. You can leave us your questions, whatever you want, and you can be part of the show. So go us, hit us, hit us up. Let us know what's going on. Also, you can connect with us on Spotify. If you listen to the podcast on Spotify. We put a poll up each week. And uh, the poll for our last episode was, what is the weirdest part of the Star Wars holiday special? We uh, had an interview with one of the directors of A Disturbance in the Force in our last episode, which was a a new documentary on the Star Wars holiday special. Uh, Spoke with Jeremy Kuhn about it. It's great. Go check it out. And so then we asked, what is the weirdest part of the Star Wars holiday special? And we gave four options. And your options were portions spoken entirely in Wookiee, Grandpa Wookiee watching VR porn in living room, whatever Harvey Corman is doing, <laughs> and do the Wookiees all die at the end, which is what could be one interpretation of the movie. <laughs> So anyway, I think for our first time ever, we have a clean sweep, 100%, not 99%, Devin, which is where these polls usually go, but 100% all say Grandpa Wookiee watching VR porn in living room. Yeah, that would be my choice too. Yeah. Uh, So uh, we'll have a poll up for this episode, and so you can go vote there. Uh, All right, uh, Devin, we got our big interview coming up this week, and it's a big one. It's with Ahsoka herself, Rosario Dawson, back on the show for, I don't know, her fourth time, maybe, something like that. Uh, Give everyone a little tease here of what we can expect to hear in this interview. 
No, it was really fun to get to speak to Rosario again because the last time we spoke, she had she, the, the show hadn't come out yet and she hadn't even seen it yet. And so it was really cool to actually get to talk to her about like break down some of those great scenes that we've been talking about for the past couple of weeks on this podcast and and you know, her talking about like the reaction to it has is really really interesting. And so, um I love that she just like watched it at home on Disney Plus just to like the rest of us was was staying up late to watch it. So no, it's a really fun interview and um really really glad to have her back on the show. Yeah, and we'll have more of the Ahsoka stars coming up in the next few weeks. So it's great to finally get them back on the show now that we've seen the show to talk about it. And if you missed it, we had Hayden Christensen on a few weeks ago. So you can go check that out. It's a great interview, wide-ranging chat. And uh, I think you guys will will dig that. Uh, But let's get to the star of this week. Uh, Rosario Dawson sat down with Devin to discuss all things from season one of Ahsoka. And we have that conversation coming up for you right after this super quick break. Thank you so much, Rosario, for taking time out of your day to chat with me. It's nice to get to talk to you now that the show is actually out in the world. I know. I know. It's wild. How are you feeling like now that the show is out there? What's it been like to kind of watch the watch the reaction? Uh, it's been insane. It's been amazing. You know, I I, I remember um, I get I got like a a picture from Dave of like a girl just dressed up like Ahsoka. He just kind of sent it, and I was like, okay, that's so sweet. And then I get this video of this pre-screening of the first two episodes that was like worldwide, and people showing up completely dressed up. There was like step and repeats and there's whole you know audiences with lightsabers and stuff and it brought tears to my eyes i hadn't even seen the first two episodes yet i had to watch the show with everyone else and wait for it to drop so that i could watch it and you know it's because the you know the studio couldn't coordinate with us and i just remember just like it really took my breath away like this is so huge and and the fact that it did so well without us being able to do any promotion just speaks volumes to to this world and this story and and just how much it means to people and has meant for generations and just like to see it kind of from afar was i mean i i i've literally been sort of not shaking with like anxiety it's just been like it's just had me so emotional it really has had me really emotional these past few months and and i just am so grateful for all the feedback and people championing it when we couldn't and i've been screenshotting pictures of people and they're and like loving the reactions folks have sent and i've been really piecemeal about sharing behind the scenes and photos i still haven't done like a really good proper few foot posts you know of really just talking about how much the crew and the cast and the whole experience has meant to me because I, I'm still overwhelmed, honestly. Like I, I, I don't really know how to put it into words. And the fact that Ray is not with us anymore and Shauna isn't with us anymore has just, it's just been so, um, it's just been really emotional. So um, I'm, I'm grateful that we have the holidays to go into because even now with the strike over, there's no work really to be done. Everyone's already at that point of like, let's circle back at the end of the year kind of thing. And I'm like, oh, thank God. Cause I still, I need a moment still to keep taking this all in and, and seeing, you know, just seeing the reaction before we think about jumping back into it again, which I hope we do. I hope we get to. (laughs) 
I mean, that was one of my questions. I know when we talked last time, you talked about, you know, kind of this being a character you want to play for a while. And I know no official plans have been announced, but have you had those conversations about getting back in the makeup chair and playing Ahsoka again? No, um, we're supposed to be having a, a dinner soon of the whole cast, which will be really nice because I haven't seen everyone. I got to, I've been, I was very jealous seeing everyone um, at some of these cons recently, um, so, which I wasn't able to be at. So I'm really, I'm looking forward to seeing everyone. Makes sense. And yeah, fingers crossed. You know, <laughs> get the witches together. We'll see what we got to do. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I'm curious, I remember we chatted kind of before the show came out, and you talked a little bit about kind of this journey that Ahsoka goes on, you know, we see her sort of, she, she she's one way sort of before the world between worlds, and then she has that experience and, and kind of has this almost like different kind of outlook on life. I'm curious for you, like, how did you want to approach kind of that shift in character? Because like, it it, it seems like your performance changes, like from sort of the beginning of the show to, you know, the end of the show. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, this has sort of been a continuation also since Mandalorian and, and Boba. I think that that moment of meeting Grogu, um, I think was very significant for her, um, in that question about, um, you know, taking on someone as a Padawan. And, and I think it really, you know, and you seeing her with Grogu and that, and Boba Fett, um, seeing in the Boba Fett series, seeing her with Grogu and, um, Luke, I think again, like really starts to seed where I think, you know, she's obviously on this mission to, to, to track down Ezra and Thrawn. But I, I think that a lot of that past came up in a way that started to, uh, challenge her um, in ways that I think she didn't want to deal with. And that's what we really got to explore in Ahsoka, which I really like, and why she was reticent to take on Grogu and what that sort of challenge, you know, what that dynamic is between her and Sabine um, and the very fraught history she has with with Anakin and, and what that's meant to her. And I, I don't, you know, we got to see a little bit of how much, I mean, it made her pass out in Rebels. If you've seen the animation, you see like just, just even the, uh, the, the hint of it, how much it just really affected her. Um, and I, so it was just really powerful to be able to give her, you know, that sort of like, there's a heaviness to her, there's a quiet to her, there's an intensity to her um, that starts to thaw, that starts to soften. And it's not right away. Like, I really love that moment of she's there with Hu Yang and, you know, and tell me that story from far, far away. And, and you know, she's just like, she needs to be in her head because she's still grappling with it, you know. But by the time I think she sees Sabine, it is, you know, she's she's graduated to a different place now. She's not going to be judgmental and heavy because that would be disingenuous. You know, she's she's got a lot in her past that could be questioned, right? And 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 she's suffered from from feeling like she hasn't made always made the right choices. And, and that's actually what makes someone like Sabine perfect Padawan for her. You know, that's how she was, she was that to, to Anakin and Anakin was that to Obi-Wan. And, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a line there of, of challenge. And, and I think she's finally able to kind of graduate to that place. And it was beautiful to kind of, to see that that graduation isn't about fortifying more that maybe it's about lightning. Um, and that's what I'm looking forward to, not just in like her going to Ahsoka the White, um, is maybe kind of continuing to explore and see 
let's see what we play with. I don't think she ever gets back to how sassy she was as a, a teenager, like we first saw her. Um, but I do think that there's um, a softness and a surety to her that comes, that could be more emotional than it's than just the warrior in her. Like she's so capable, she's such a master, but still in her heart and, and, her, and her mental state still needed to kind of evolve. And that was really beautiful to kind of see and how it lightened and like kind of brought her shoulders down and she was able to have more joy. And that's kind of what I'm, I'm hoping we, if we get back into, we get to see a little bit more of what that looks like. That makes total sense. And yeah, you, you mentioned obviously, you know, the relationship between Ahsoka and Anakin. And what was it like for you getting to reunite with Hayden Christensen? What do you remember most about, you know, kind of filming those scenes with him? We just had so much fun. And when I tell you like the entire crew made a excuse to be on set those days and you know it just it brought tears to all of our eyes um it was wonderful i love hayden he's such a wonderful man and um you know i got to meet him and and get to know got to know him a little bit when we were younger um and you know saw a lot of that journey that he went through when he came a part of the series and um it's just was to see how he the reception he got on obi-wan and the opportunity he got to be Anakin, but Sith Anakin, like, you know, like to, we never got to see that. We only got to see him become Darth and not, we only got like a seeds of that a little bit in the films, but like, we, we didn't get to sit with him for very long with that. So it was nice to kind of see, you know, him be in the Clone Wars clothing and like, you know, all of that stuff. It just, for me as a fan, bringing with Thrawn from the books, these characters from the animation and now Hayden from the films, it just like brought all of the properties together in this incredible way. And I just was so happy for him that he got to have all, he got to, he got to express the fullness of his character, him being this teacher, something we didn't get to see him be in these films, so, you know, see him be masterful in that way. Um, and, I, I don't know. I just, I really, I really loved it. I loved it for him. I kept, I I've texted him to be like, congratulations, like just the, the reaction that people got, like, it's so deserving, you know, and I know he had a much more challenging time originally. And so it's just, it feels really beautiful that we've gotten to this place where the appreciation and clarity is there of like what the whole scope of this universe is and what it has to offer. And I think it's so cool with Andor and, you know, with the Acolyte and all these other things coming, like there's different textures of it that we can explore for lots of people. But the fact that it is something that still moves people so much in the way that it does is, is significant. You know, what, what George Lucas created with these characters in this story is, is going to, is impactful for generations, you know, and that's, that's so special and his character is so big, pivotal to it. And for me, it really does the same thing. It's one thing, you know, kind of been watching these, this animation and studying it and wanting to build on it in this story, but to have him physically walk up again, it, like the fan in me geeked out. Like, I'm like, this is legit. Just on his path. That's crazy. Um, so it was really, it was just fun. Like, I think I, I probably was smiling way too hard. I had to calm, calm it down. I remember telling stories. I was telling some story and I'm kicking up my leg and I was looking at everybody and they're all like, I was like, okay, I need to dial it back. I'm just a little too excited. I get very excited on set. So I think that's what I remember about it is just cheesing really hard. And, um, 
just really loving it. And also there was something we did too, because that scene in, you know, what we did in four and five was so significant and knowing that he was going to be showing up later um, while she's training and before she, she encounters Sabine again, um, you know, we ended up tweaking that and playing with it a little bit because that moment with him and coming out of in the world between worlds was so significant. It didn't, it didn't make sense to necessarily have like a, another dialogue scene with him because how could you really build on it in that way? And so we transformed that. Like I remember talking to Dave and talking to uh, Carrie Beck and just being like, this is so good. Like, how do we, how do we best like then get to this next place within the next scene with him? So it doesn't just feel like, okay, we're going to be talking with him and that's just something to expect. Like don't expect anything, right? And so it was cool because he was like, that's what I'm thinking. And Carrie was like, yes, yeah, so we have an idea. And, and we sort of like shifted it a little bit where she was watching him and not, you know, as a hologram, you know, you know, rather than him being a force goes conversation, you know what I mean? To make also that moment in the world between worlds still more ephemeral. Like, what was that? Is she just dreaming? Is she really talking to herself? Is this really a moment? Is she really between the world? Like, you don't really know. It's nice to keep it as a question mark. And so I love that because it it just throws back how many times you've seen that in the animation and, you know, of them watching and looking over these videos and, and, and you know, and, and it just was really cool to to see him perform that and kind of show these these things that she hasn't looked at in a long time that she's felt reticent to even touch that she's open to now. And it was the first kind of seed that we could show of her opening beyond like just a, a clothing change and like the, the dynamic of the thing, like, but really show a true opening where she's no longer suffering and as scarred where, you know, you have that, right. There's that moment you feel it. And I, I love how that resonates with everybody because there's that moment everyone has where like that argument you had or whatever it is with that person. And even hearing the song or listening just thinking about anything that relates to that can just get your blood boiling. And then there's that moment where it just doesn't hit you like that anymore and you're softer. And it was just beautiful to see that softening. The softening of a warrior, I think, is really special. That makes so much sense. And yeah, you talked, I wanted to ask specifically about some of the lightsaber stuff. Um, I spoke to Dave Filoni and he was like, yeah, Hayden's lightsaber skills are insane. He really is the chosen one. Was, was that sure. your experience too? For sure. I, I, it's hard, you know, and especially now, sadly, without Ray here, I can't really compare because I'm sadly, I didn't get to do at the same time because I have to say Ray was very heavy handed. I mean, like, Ray, we're not actually battling to the death right now. Okay. Um, and that was the same thing with Hayden. Hayden is whew, like he he says that sometimes he just rehearses and practices it just to keep it just in case never knowing that he'd get necessarily the opportunity to do it again. So I'm really glad because he, he was, let's just say he's not rusty. He's, he's right there. Once you're a master, always a master, I guess, you know. That's what they say. And for you, I'm curious now that the show is out and you can talk about it, what was like the scene or the lightsaber move that you were most proud of or like was the trickiest for you to get right? I really, I loved adding that. I remember we had that back kind of block that was something that's very Hayden and Obi-Wan's done it as well. I loved um, kind of adding moments like that. There's, we actually, I think on EW for the cover, we did that really cool double move, which was the opening for my battle um, in the last episode um, with Morgan. And um, 
I just, I loved that one. That one was just like, there was just something about it because you're kind of rotating the both and then coming in. It just was really, I liked a lot of our stances. Ming really had, you know, we went to a lot of, you know, wushu and um, mixed Chinese martial arts and a lot of those sort of stances and kind of getting ready to battle um, moves were, were some of my favorites. I just really loved how we kind of squared up. You know, and you hear that with Natasha talking about because she's got that Westerner styles too because she does have a blaster. So she's kind of mixing between different fighting styles because of it. And I, for me, that was my, you know, I always think of cowboy things in the, you know, it was just those, those like kind of first look moments where we kind of, and we would sometimes have it multiple times in the same battle. We'd kind of like stop and reassess and then like, and it's nice because so many of my, my battles are mostly, mostly with masters, you know? And so it was like every move, any move could be the killer move. Um, and so it was just, it was fun to kind of, kind of prepare again, knowing, you know, she's that proper Ronin, which you never know. You might not walk away from that battle. You know, you give your all. And, uh, it was, it was really fun to kind of be against different experts and square up with them and shift kind of the style of fighting and the, the way of fighting per, you know, enemy, you know, or whatever, um, per foe or, um. And so it was just, it was really, it was, it was fun. I think those are my favorite moments it was always sort of just like the square up. It's and like being a little steady bit of and being smooth, you know, cause it's all, it's, it seems, it seems like nothing, but it really, it look, can look silly if you're, if it's not really strong, you know, there was such a, there was such a intensity to it, you know what I mean? And you take that breath and then you go in, you know, and it just, that, that, that moment before always took my breath away. Oh, I love that. That's so cool. And I, I wanted- talk, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but we talked, I actually just watched because um, they had some videos that they were doing, I guess, at Lucasfilm where they were interviewing some of the folks. And Diana Leonor Santo was like talking about, you know, in our Mando fight that, you know, with her staff and the, the hit and then kind of posture and the grace and stuff. And I remember every time we would do that battle, I'd watch her make do this move and it was just so beautiful. And I, I got to play it a little bit with in that one, but this one we really leaned into what that sort of like beginning posture was. And I just, I think that's still one of my favorite things, but I, I, I still, I give it to Diana. I don't think anyone's done it better than her. That I see it in my mind's eye for life. She's so beautiful. You know, it's a, this, yeah, like, there's like a ritual to it. It's like very yeah. much like setting the stage. Mm-hmm. It's so great. And I wanted to ask about, um, did you get to meet or spend much time with uh, Ariana Greenblatt, who plays young Ahsoka? A little bit. We got to spend a bit of time and it was nice watching the training. There was a moment where it was like she had to do the split and I was like, I could do the split. I think someone's got a picture of that somewhere. We're both like splitting next to each other. It was like, I still got it. I mean, I'm a little stiff, but I still got it. Um, but just to see her energy and like just, you know, she was so sharp, right? Cause like she, that, that, that time in, of, of frame was, you know, that, that time frame was like such a fun one to kind of, cause the sassiness and the spiritedness of it, you know, and, and the quickness and sort of a lot of the maneuvers. It was just really fun to watch how, like she loved it. Like, you know, and I think 
Natasha loved it. You know, Ivana loved it. Uh, Iman, we know, especially with that tennis hands, you know, he's everyone. We just, that, that part I think was the one we most sunk our teeth in. You know, we our, our scenes aren't so dialogue heavy, you know, there's a lot of staring at each other and posturing at each other. And, you know, and it's, 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 <laughs> I always sort of laugh at that, you know, it's, there's a lot said in looks um, and stance and stature. Um, and so I think that's for me also why I think the, the, the actual training and stuff was so significant because that's really what I feel like grounds you when you step on set on day, you know, and, and it doesn't just feel like you're in cosplay, you know, it really feels very grounded. So that makes sense. as soon as I got into that, I was ready. Yeah. It's, it's the way to be like, okay, I am tapped into the force. I've got my mm -hmm. lightsabers. I'm ready to go. Let's go. <laughs> I love that. And one of the, the surprises of the show, one of the parts that I really loved is I love um, some of my favorite scenes are Ahsoka and Hu Yang. I love that relationship. How how did you sort of film that? Was that like a guy in a green suit? Was it a tennis ball on a stick? How how did you kind of approach those scenes? You see a lot of the all of the guys who are in and, and some females, there's there's a whole team that's behind it. Sometimes it's several people having to work with him. Sometimes it's just one. Um and yeah, it's, it's, it's really, I've got so many videos of me and who, and the, Hey, who me and who, um, and you know, he's squinting at me or like playing and like the whole crew, this is, it's a, it's a great team. And, um, yeah, Mike and everybody, they're just so good. And they're all in their little gray outfits and having to be squeezed into the ship, into corners and things, you know, and it just, it makes, you know, it makes you just really appreciate just how everyone shows up. You know, it's not like because I've got knuckles that are swollen to here because a lightsaber slid, you know, like it's when you're fighting and they slide and they don't, you know, we try to find different ways to keep it so they wouldn't bounce or slide or whatever, but you know, we're still tweaking all of the stuff and so, but either way you just, it happens. And then you're looking at someone like this in a chair like that so they can move an arm with one pole and you're like, we're all, we're all contorting, we're all, we're all putting in, you know, a, a level of effort that I think would would surprise people, you know, like what it takes to, to make this work in these sort of circumstances and situations. And, you know, and it's it's never ending. We were doing tandem shoots. And so you'd have Huyang over here and then they'd be working the Lothcat over there. And, you know, it's just it's a lot to kind of grapple with. And I was just constantly stunned with as many directors as we had and everyone that how seamless it all went. Like it really was a really beautifully well-oiled machine. I don't know that we could have done that had we just started straight off. I think it was brilliant for John and Dave to start us with Obi-Wan and Mandalorian and Boba and kind of get the crew to this place where it just it felt seamless as much work as it was. It was really, really intense, but it just, it just flowed and everyone worked so beautifully with each other. So it was fun. Like I really, you built, you built a relationship with these creatures that they would bring on set. Um, they just, all of it just felt very real, you know, as this, as this, as the sets would turn over, you know, it just was kind of kept, kept moving. And so I think it just kept you really, um, I don't know. It kept you. I, it kept me really present every day to what the experience was because I know the next day I'd show up and we'd be on a completely different planet, <laughs> completely whatever. So it was like take it in while you could. And I was pretty much the only one who was really taking pictures and stuff on set. So I was trying to trying to keep it cool. That's why I've so I have not been posting much because I'm like I don't know if I feel like if I post that it might be like too BTS and Disney will be like take it down. 
<laughs> you've got a, you've got, I've like got some funny there. moments with who I just want to say, okay. <laughs> we were having fun in our little ship by ourselves. <laughs> okay. That I want to see that, that I think needs to, to be out in the world. Absolutely. A little dancing. There's some dancing, there was, you know, incredible. There's, there's, there's good. There's a, yeah, there's a oh, good echo that. in there. There's a good sound effects in the ship. Yeah. I, I imagine that's how to be fun being like, Oh, I'm going to work today. I'm going to go hang out on my spaceship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's going to be so cool. And all the buttons work and all the switches work. Like it was amazing. Oh, that is so cool. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to chat with me. This has been so much fun and um, yeah. Congrats on the show. It's so got to be great that it's out in the world. Incredible. Yeah. I have to watch it like on a really big screen. Cause I haven't had a chance to do that yet. Or thinking about doing that. That'd be really cool. Well, and I got to tell you, I'm wearing my my Josie and the Pussycats t-shirt. <laughs> I was getting dressed this morning and I was like, I think this is this is the vibe today. <laughs> oh, I love that so much. I love that. I just saw Criterion Collection just did a post of it. And I was like, my friend Eli sent it to me and I was like, oh, okay, look at this. It's a, it's a classic. It's it's I'm, I, I love so. that it's getting getting the, the recognition that it deserves. Oh, thank oh, cool. you. Our thanks to Rosario Dawson for hanging out with us this week. And thank you for hanging out as well. If you're looking for just an awesome New Year's resolution, how about subscribing, rating, and reviewing our podcast? It's literally all we ask for in return. Actually, that's a lie. Because now I'm going to ask you to also leave us a voicemail message about anything you want. You can call us. Just say what you got to say at 657-799-1566. And you can be part of the show with us. You can also connect with us on social media by following Entertainment Weekly on all socials. It's at EW on Twitter and at Entertainment Weekly everywhere else. You can also tag and follow us directly using at Dalton Ross and at Devin Kogan. Thanks so much, everyone. We'll do it all over again next week. This episode of Dagobah Dispatch Podcast is hosted and produced by Dalton Ross and Devin Kogan. Produced and edited by Sammy Junio. Full episode transcripts are available at EW.com. Thanks for listening and may the force be with you.